0: Charlie Rice.
1: Hello, and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome, for the very first time, Graham Day, Vice President of Product and Research at Innovator ETFs, a defined outcome set of ETFs with unique approaches to protecting investors from downside market moves while seeking to capture much of the Upside. Graham, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio.
0: Charlie, great to be here.
1: So, Graham, you're speaking to us from uh, beautiful downtown Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, You are a CFA, and for those who may not be aware of that designation, it is a very rigorous program, takes three years, and it is specifically for people who manage money like you, it's not for client relationship people. Uh, You started out at Wheaton College, uh, went to PowerShares, was there for several years, and a couple of years ago came over to Innovator ETFs. So give us a brief background of yours, will you, Graham?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I grew up in in St. Paul, Minnesota, and came down here to Wheaton, Illinois to attend Wheaton College and uh, was fortunate enough to uh, obtain an internship at a smaller firm at the time that was called PowerShares Capital Management. And uh, that turned into a a, a massive firm that was was purchased by Invesco. And after being at PowerShares for for six years, spent a few years at a smaller uh, ETF issuer and then uh, ultimately joined the uh, former founders of PowerShares Uh, just two years back here at Innovator.
1: Okay, and uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, share with us basically uh, how your guys' defined outcome set of ETFs work. I think they all work the same, just with with, with various uh, upside and downside uh, protections and opportunities.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think uh, a little background might might be helpful on, on on why these ETFs came to market. And it was uh, one of our founders uh, purchased a, an annuity, and um, long story short, he he didn't have a great experience. There were lockups, higher fees, illiquidity, and he thought, why can't you just do this in, in, in an ETF form? And and so that's what we've worked on here at Innovator, is to be able to provide a reliable downside buffers that a lot of investors need today, and put it. In the ETF wrapper. And at the end of the day, these ETFs are actually very simple. They are a portfolio of S&P 500 index options that provide upside exposure to the S&P with defined downside buffers. And at the end of the day, you own the S&P 500 index with built-in downside buffers. That's it.
1: Okay. now, I believe that uh, structured notes and again, equity index ETFs have been doing this for some time, but ETFs have not made this available to people. And I've been telling people for some time. One of the untold stories of the world of investments is how investment opportunities have grown so dramatically for the investing public. And yours is uh, your defined outcome set of ETFs is a prime example of that so the the structured notes, okay, what was the problem with them?
0: Yeah, I think there are a, a couple of things with it and, and not that uh, we found, and this was news for us having spent our entire careers in, in, in the ETS space, there are trillions of dollars that are invested in vehicles, whether insurance. Uh, vehicles or, or, or structured notes, um, and really the reason for that is because these products offer reliable downside buffers, and uh, the ETF solves, I think, a lot of the issues uh, that some people who have looked at those and said, you know, what, I just I can't bring myself to, to buy one of those. I I, I see the value, uh, the value add but uh, there are a list of issues that I just can't really overcome, and some of those are are the illiquidity, the inability to get in or out of the product, high surrender charges. Uh, They tend to be sold more on a commission base as opposed to an ETF that's 100% fee-based.
1: And And if I may add to that here, Graham, uh, without trying to be negative at all, but uh, with structured notes and with the uh, annuities, the investor does not own the product. What they have is a contract. And so uh, that contract is (laughs) always dependent upon the ability of the other side of the contract to be able to deliver. And as we know, uh, Lehman Brothers, I believe, was the largest, if not the largest, one of the largest holders of structured notes. And when they went down it was not a pretty sight. Now we have not had that issue with uh, annuities, but I can tell you right now, most people who own these equity index annuities don't really realize that they do not own that investment. They own a contract, they have a contract with an insurance company to pay them.
0: Yeah, Charlie, you're absolutely right. And I think the ETF solves for that. It does. Uh, we, we think it's a huge issue because at the end of the day, the ETF holds SP 500 index options. And so an ETF shareholder actually owns those underlying options. So if anything were to happen to Innovator, the investor would be left whole by the, the fact that they, they held those index options.
1: That's right. And, and that can be a significant issue, especially if people hold these things with structured notes, with banks that they're not completely confident in, and, uh, you know, insurance companies, and nobody expected 2008 credit crisis, and so it's just an added layer of risk that when you own the, the options on the ETF, you don't have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To, to be able to tell investors that our products do not carry credit risk is, in in many instances, a, a game changer for them because they don't want to take on the credit risk of of a bank or issuing entity, especially when the products that they're buying are trying to to offer downside buffers right. to the market, <laughs> and those banks may be least able to uh, honor their obligations. When those payoffs are are actually benefiting the end investor, and so I think we've we've solved for one of those uh, the, the bigger issues. Uh, that investors have with structured products.
1: Yeah, so let me ask this question, which is going to be on some people's minds. In 2008, uh, we had all of these derivative products, and options on the SP500 are derivative products, let's face it. We had all these derivative products uh, of swaps and and all of these acronyms, okay, that, I mean, they almost took down AIG and and other banks and and other financial institutions. So, uh, you you guys are not part of that world of non-traded derivatives you're part of the tr- of the publicly traded derivatives and there were no issues or problems with them during the 2008 crisis now would you confirm that and and tell us about that
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The options that we hold are listed on the CBOE, which is uh, probably the most well-recognized options exchange in in, in the world.
1: Yeah, Chicago Board Uh, of Options Exchange. Yeah, CBOE.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I think um, investors can be comforted knowing that they own the S&P 500 index, which is, uh, we know that it is very challenging to try to beat the performance of the S&P 500 over the long term. In fact, 90-plus uh, percent of active managers over time are going to be unable to outperform. And so to be able to deliver the performance of the S&P 500 through these options is, we think, a very efficient way for investors to Maintain uh, equity exposure, but then also these options provide the downside buffer levels of either 9, 15, or 30%. Yeah.
1: And so uh, th- this is quite unique in the marketplace. And how old uh, is the firm again? How long have you guys been doing these?
0: Yeah, so Innovator was purchased uh, about two years ago um, by Bruce Bonnet and John Southard. And we brought the first series of our defined alchemy ETFs in August of 2018. And so we've been at this. Uh, it took us about a year and a half to really get these products approved. It was the the SEC and, and, and regulators hadn't seen anything like this. And um, I think there's uh, a lot of positive uh, attributes being able to, to get through that scrutiny and to be able to bring a, a product like this to market. Uh, but we've been around for two years, uh, the Define Outcome ETS. We just launched our April series that we're really excited about. And we've grown uh, to about 450 to $500 million in the defined outcome ETF lineup today.
1: Okay, and that says a lot uh, all by itself here. So the fact that, uh, just to reiterate, the fact that you guys are in these publicly traded listed options uh, means you, you, you uh, don't have the issues moving forward that swaps and other derivatives had in the year 2008 because they were not listed, correct?
0: You're absolutely right, Charlie.
1: Okay. So so tell us, Graham, what is it that you know and understand about your strategies here that uh, you wish more investors and advisors knew and understood?
0: Yeah, I think um, a lot of times when people hear uh, risk management is something that is thrown around our industry uh, quite frequently. But the ability for, whether it's active managers or whether it's some sort of switching strategy or asset allocation model, to be able to deliver on that is rare. And what I mean by that is a lot of strategies... Try to provide a, a downside buffer to the market. And maybe they're, they've got a quant model that they're running, or there's a, an active manager who did well in, in 2008. But the problem is, as an investor, you don't know if those strategies or that active manager is going to be able to deliver downside, uh, a buffer, when the market declines. With our ETS You can know, when you buy our ETF, the exact level of built-in downside buffer that our products offer. And it's not, well, we hope that we provide this downside buffer. With these options that we hold, we will deliver the stated downside buffer levels of either 9, 15, or 30% over the one year outcome period. And I think when investors hear that, they realize, you know what that is, that's incredibly valuable for my clients that are maybe retirees that are are focusing on capital preservation. Uh, These are the types of products that a lot of investors are looking for and needing today.
1: Yeah, yeah, no no, no question about it. So so just to reiterate here so that we understand, no one is guessing that the market has bottomed or isn't going to increase or anything like that. It is not that you guys are tactically involved in markets and buying and selling based upon somebody's view of what's going to happen over the next week or month or six month period. But rather you guys have structurally established the parameters of where the investor can either benefit or be hurt. And you have established a floor on the ca- on the upside called a cap and you have established um, I mean, a ceiling on the upside and a floor on the downside that you call a buffer. And you've done that structurally, not by tactically guessing what's going to happen next. Correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Charlie. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, There is no active management. In fact, um, I mentioned that we deliver these outcomes over the course of one year by holding S&P 500 options. We don't change a single holding in our basket for the entire outcome period because we want investors to know that they will have a defined outcome. And we can deliver that by providing these exposures to these options but by not tinkering with that at all. And I think uh, in the ETF space in general, uh, taking a hands-off approach to, to management has shown to be a far better uh, way for most investors than having a very hands-on approach.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, that's tough to argue with. And truthfully, uh, you know, our show is all about alternative investments. Just about every week, somebody is making that point. Okay, and it's 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 very difficult uh, to argue with. In fact, last week we heard that it was 97 plus percent uh, of active managers, mutual funds, hedge funds, etc., have not beat the S&P 500 over one, three, and five year periods. And so, you know, you, you're not the only one singing that tune here. And uh, it, it would be difficult to, to argue with that. So what what are the major objections? I First of all, you, you market primarily to advisors, correct? Correct. Okay. What are the major objections that advisors are, are, are coming up with?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just... Um Education—it's—we it, don't really have many conversations with advisors that are saying we're not interested at all, or, or this isn't something that we we use. It's—we're uh, oh, familiar with these payoffs, but we've only seen them available in an insurance form or in a structured product form. We we want to get a better understanding of of how we can use these uh, ETFs in our client por- portfolios today. So I think education is definitely. Uh, a, a big hurdle. We get a lot of questions too on, on liquidity. Well, is, is there liquidity behind this? And at the end of the day, we mentioned, Charlie, that these ETS hold S&P 500 index options, which takes away the the credit risk component that's often found in alternative vehicles. And that market is perhaps one of the most liquid markets in the world. Uh, S&P 500 index options have $4.9 trillion of open interest and trade every single day on average almost $80 billion. And so that's the market that we're tapping into as an ETF issuer. And because of that, we are able to, facilitate uh, daily liquidity, not only a uh, 1,000 shares at a time, but uh, we would be able to facilitate hundreds of millions of dollars coming in, and in fact, a billions of dollars coming in, even in just a single day.
1: Okay, but l- let's clarify something here. So it is liquid. Somebody can get out every day, you know, which is a requirement of, of ETFs. However, the price that you can get out of is not necessarily the price that you paid for it, correct?
0: Correct. These, these ETFs will act like every other ETF, and they will reflect the value of the underlying constituents, and that will change day to day. And so, yeah, that's, a, that's an important uh, point to uh, distinction to make, Charlie.
1: Yeah. So uh, structured notes, uh, do, do you think they're on their way out here? I mean, uh, you know, if you've got ETFs that can do this, why would somebody go into a structured note?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I I don't think they're on their way out. I think um, we're solving for a lot of the the major issues that we think the majority of investors uh, experience with uh, structured notes. But the one thing that structured notes uh, offer is the ability to... Uh, customize, and, and uh, an advisor could go to a, a bank or, or an RA could go and, and call a, a JP Morgan or, or a number of banks and, and say, this is the exact exposure that I am looking for, and I want to have it on a combination of these two or three indexes, and I want it over this time frame. That's not something that an ETF is going to be able to do, uh, and something that a structured product is going to be able to do. But again, we think that the, the bulk of investors aren't necessarily looking for uh, really customized exposure. They they just want broad equity market exposure, S&P 500 exposure, and we think we can deliver that in a far more efficient manner than a structured note.
1: Okay, appreciate that. Now, uh, we've got limited time left here, but very quickly, can you just tell us about the three different... opportunities that you have for the investor so that the investor can get, uh, you start with a buffer or a protection on the downside. What are those three?
0: Yeah, so we've named them uh, the buffer, the power buffer, and the ultra buffer. Those are our our three different uh, series that we offer on on a quarterly basis. As I mentioned, we just brought our April series uh, to market uh, earlier this week. Uh, the buffer series provides a, a 9% buffer to the downside of the S&P 500. So yep. tell, our,
1: tell our listeners what a buffer is, briefly.
0: Yes, Yeah, absolutely. So a buffer simply represents uh, the amount that the ETF will buffer against the initial losses of the S&P 500. So a good way to think about that with our, our buffer, which offers 9%. Relative to the S&P 500, if the S&P 500 dropped 10% year over year, our ETF would only be down 1%. Okay. So that's what we mean by the buffer.
1: Okay. Okay, so you've got three buffers, and each has a cap.
0: Yes, each, each has a cap. So, uh, I'll use our April series as an example. Our 9% buffer has a 17% cap. So that means if the S&P goes anywhere up from 0 to 17% over the next 12 months, an investor would participate one for one. After that an investor is capped out. so if the sP returns 20 percent an investor had bought our nine percent bought for ETF they'd be capped out at 17 percent.
1: so the, the the maximum the the investor could lose would be nine percent and the maximum they could gain over this one year period would be seventeen percent.
0: Well the maximum that they could lose they could lose
1: uh, Oh, I'm sorry, they they couldn't lose the first yeah, the first nine percent, right, gotcha.
0: Correct. Okay, yep, right. you're I exactly misstated
1: right. that right. Go ahead. And the next the, the next one is
0: yeah. So the, the next one is our uh, power buffer ETF, which uh, provides a buffer from zero to negative 15 on the S&P 500. So you're buffered against the first 15% of losses on the S&P 500. And that has a cap of 10.6%. And then our last one is a, is an interesting one, and one that we think for investors that are, are worried about a, an 08-type environment, that has a 30% buffer. Now, the 30% buffer starts at 5%. So, an investor is on the hook for the first 5% of losses in the S&P 500. But between 5% and 35%, an investor would not experience any loss. So, a good way to think about it is, in 2008, the market was down 37%. An investor would have experienced the first 5% of losses, and then the last 2% of losses, they would have been down 7% in this type of of strategy. And, the
1: and by the way, that it. 37%, Graham, that was year over year, January to January. Actually, the maximum drawdown was just over 50%. So somebody could have lost 45% or something like that, depending upon the the, the, the fiscal year that they were in the program, just to kind of clarify yeah.
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, just to round it out, the, the cap on that 30% buffer of product uh, for our April series is 10.57%.
1: Okay, that's almost exactly the fifteen percent here, buffer. So uh, yes. Okay, all right. So so those are the three choices here. Okay. Well, uh, moving on here, changing the subject a little bit here, Graham. What keeps you awake at night? We we'll ask all of our guests that question.
0: Yeah, you know, from an ETF issuer's perspective, I think one of the things that um, often keeps uh, me awake or thinking is, am I going to be able to deliver a product uh, that to advisors that I would sell to uh, my my parents, for example? And I think that's something that's uh, challenging when you've got like a a switching strategy where you don't really know exactly what it's going to do for the investor. And maybe it's gonna take 10 or 15 years for it to really play out. That's something that I think that hopefully these defined outcome ETFs really address that that fear and it's something that uh, you can have conversations with everyday investors and they get it and they understand it and there's no, well, what if this happens? Well we can I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. This is just very transparent S and P five hundred exposure with built-in downside buffers.
1: Yeah. Okay. And the second question we like to ask all our guests is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners?
0: Yeah. Probably my favorite book that I would recommend would be Zero to One by Peter Thiel, and I think that's a it's a really interesting look into entrepreneurship and startups. And uh, really, the, the title, I think, is, is very uh, thought provoking in that zero to one is this concept that humans are very unique amongst all living beings in that they're able to create something from nothing. And uh, I think that's a very interesting concept, and we're constantly improving on things that we've already created, where you look at the rest of uh, uh, the animal kingdom, and they're they're really doing the same things that they've been doing uh, since they came into existence, whereas the humans are constantly improving on things and, and building new things, creating value, uh, I think it's a it's a really interesting dive and perspective from from Peter on on creating value, uh, particularly through a startup.
1: You know, thank you very much for that, Graham. You're the first one to recommend that book, and uh, I have watched uh, Peter Thiel on some interviews on YouTube. Very interesting guy, and no one can argue with his success. Uh, he does have some rather unorthodox views on some subjects, but uh, that's what makes the world work here, right? And, uh, yeah, you know, so he, he knows how to create things uh, from nothing. So for those who would like to know more about um, Innovator ETFs, uh, where can they go?
0: Yeah, we our, our, our website is uh, InnovatorETFs.com. In uh, our email is info at innovatoretfs.com, and we'd be happy to to have a conversation. We'd wel- welcome that opportunity.
1: And uh, Innovator ETFs with an S, correct? Correct. Okay. So, uh, Graham, final words for our listeners here.
0: No, I just wanted to thank you, Charlie. We're excited about these products. We we think that they solve a real need uh, for. Uh, I believe the stat 75% of wealth in the U.S. today is in the hands of pre-retirees or retirees. They are no longer either able or willing to take on market risk. We think that these products uh, are perfect for them and that they allow them to continue to grow their wealth, but also provide the reliable downside buffers as well.
1: Thank you very much, Graham. And again, appreciate you spending time with us here today. And our best wishes to you and Innovator ETFs for continued success and uh, building uh, that uh, assets under management. Thank you again for being with us today.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Charlie.
1: Again, we've been talking with Graham Day, Vice President of Product and Research at Innovative Innovator ETFs uh, out of Wheaton, Illinois. We appreciate you all joining us today. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week.